This is the Talk of Fame Network on SB Nation Radio. Here are your Hall of Fame voters, Ron Borges, Rick Goslin, and Clark Judge. Our next guest knows plenty about Southern Cal. He played there, he starred there, and now he's the athletic letter director there. And I'm speaking, of course, of former star wide receiver Lynn Swan, who was a consensus All-America at Southern Cal, a first-round NFL draft pick of the Pittsburgh Steelers, a four-time Super Bowl champion, as well as a Super Bowl MVP, and a 2001 Hall of Fame inductee. Lynn Swan, thanks for joining us. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you for having me on. And maybe some of our listeners don't know, but you attended the same high school in San Mateo as Tom Brady. How much pressure was there for you to stay in state, and was the choice to go to Southern Cal an easy one? Well, there was probably more pressure, or people had a preconceived idea that I should go to Stanford as opposed to Southern California. My high school quarterback, Jesse Freitas Jr., whose father... Hmm. Jesse Frey, the senior, played for the San Francisco Dons, uh, was uh, at Stanford, and he was a year ahead of me. Uh, so a lot of folks in the Bay Area felt like that was going to be where I would go to school. Uh, Plunkett was there already. Uh, they threw the ball a lot, and so there were a lot of folks that thought, well, we'll just drive down the uh, peninsula, and we'll see him play for the next four years. Well, the other thing that's interesting to me, uh, Lynn, is in, I believe in the 1970 CIF State Championship track meet, uh, you beat Randy Williams in the long jump, who went on and won the Olympic gold medal in 72 and the silver medal in 76. Why didn't you pursue track and field and just keep on jumping? Well, in, in, in 1971, uh, when I was a sophomore at USC, we were 6-4-1. Second consecutive year that we did not make the Rose Bowl after being in the Rose Bowl, I think it was three consecutive years. Uh, prior to that, it might have been more, but three for sure. And John McKay felt like uh, the team was too talented to post a 6-4-1 record. Uh, it was a terrible tie against UCLA at the end of the season. And so he kind of said, uh, look, everybody's going to be at spring practice uh, unless uh, the head coach of the baseball team or basketball team or track team, whatever other sport you thought you could play, came to him and personally could convince him that you didn't have to be at spring practice. And at that time, the track coach felt like he couldn't come in and make that argument for me. Uh, and so uh, I was at spring practice. And that kind of took me out of uh, a whole track season, did not get a chance to compete. But maybe that's, maybe that's good for me. You know, not that, not that I would have beaten Randy Williams uh, the next time because he did a terrific job. He won the gold. But I always keep saying that, you know, well, I did beat him once early <laughs> in his career, uh, but he continued to improve and did quite well. Led in 1972, Southern Cal went 12-0, including a demolition of Ohio State in the Rose Bowl, and you were voted the top team in the country. And as a footnote, I was in the Coliseum press box. night. You returned a punt 92 yards for a touchdown, and you whipped Michigan State 51-6. to Keith yes. Jackson once said that was the greatest college team he'd ever ever seen. How about you? How good was that club? Well, I, I think we were certainly the best in 1972. Uh, <laughs> and uh, when you look at the guys who were drafted and played in the NFL uh, from that team, uh, certainly the record would indicate that uh, there was an ample amount of uh, talent there. 
and John McKay's coaching staff, uh, you know, was you know was astute, and the coach was correct that you know there was too much talent on the team to be six four and one in the previous season, uh, and we kind of you know bore that out. So whether we we're the best of all time, maybe the best up to that time, maybe the best for quite a bit afterwards. Uh, there are a lot of really good college football teams that have come down the pike since then. You know, and and for my money. Uh, whether it's college football or professional football, uh, the game has changed. The science of sport has changed. The training techniques have changed. The nutrition has changed, and so it's hard to compare sometimes. You know, one decade after another, or you know, maybe it's two to every every two decades. Maybe you can you can compare those teams for a 20-year period of time, but you you can't necessarily go back 30 years, 40 years, and say who's the best. I bet you'd like your chances if, you, if that team was playing, though. <laughs> well, Pretty good team. I, 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 I like my chances, but I, I'd prefer to see what would happen to a guy like Joe Green, who played for North Texas and uh, was uh, you know, up in, in the Pro Bowl and, and a great player, what he could have done with today's training and conditioning and what kind of player he might have been uh, in, the, in the game today. Uh, that would have been something to see. <laughs> Lynn, uh, how did... How did uh, John McKay impact you, impact you as a player and as a person. You know, it just his his way he went about things. I mean, uh, Coach McKay coached the coaches, uh, and they in turn coached the players. Uh, he was organized. Uh, he had a philosophy. Everybody adhered to his philosophy on what he wanted to do. Uh, he had a habit of, uh, you know, when you lost a game, he wasn't going to beat you up too much. But when you won a game, he wasn't going to have you go out and thinking so highly of yourself that you didn't have to get better. Uh, and that worked for him. He could be very blunt at times. I recall a game at Washington, and it was raining. It was cold. Uh, we were ahead uh, by a little bit, I think, at halftime. And but he came in, and, and the whole speech was about getting out there, executing, put the ball on the ground, run the clock out, and get out of this cold weather. <laughs> <laughs> a couple weeks ago, we had uh, uh, Michael Irvin on here in. Uh talking about the University of Miami uh, in his days there, and uh, we asked him who was his most talented team, and he gave us a defensive back that, frankly, we'd never heard of. kind of wondering, who was the most talented teammate you played with at SC? Well, there are a lot of guys, I think, that uh, could fit that category, but uh, probably none more than Sam Cunningham, who was our fullback, number 39, uh, drafted in the first round to the New England Patriots. I think he was uh, placed on their wall of uh, honor yep. of their Hall of Fame. Uh, he was uh, the star fullback uh, in a game that USC played in 1970 against Alabama uh, that really was the key and the impetus for Bear Bryant at that time to recruit black athletes uh, at the University of Alabama, unlocking uh, the opportunity for many young African-American uh, men to young men to uh, play in the SEC. Lynn, what was your favorite memory from your time on campus as a student? Graduation. <laughs> <laughs> Mine too. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, it was pretty good. Look, we had some great football teams and uh, some great teammates and a lot of wonderful experiences in college and, and made lifelong friends. But uh, to have been here for four years, to have my degree from uh, USC School of Journalism, to uh, graduate on time, uh, and and then you add to that uh, to be able to have played in two Rose Bowls, to have won a national championship, uh, you know, with my teammates, uh, you know, all of the team goals I think are the most important. 
that was great. That was that was actually the the very best. That was an exclamation mark on my four years as the AD. Now, obviously, the tremendous history of USC football that goes back almost it seems forever, back to Howard Jones at least. What are you hoping to see happen with USC football under your leadership? Well, it's not just USC football. It's with all 21 of our sports. I'd like to see all of our athletes uh, get a degree. Uh, and whatever amount of time they're here at USC, uh, to at least be on track to get that degree in four years. And many of our athletes, I think, are capable of getting it in three or three and a half years, uh, staying in summer school, working out, conditioning, those kinds of things, adding more credits, uh, even coming away with uh, credits towards a master's degree. So that's, that's the primary thing. And then their college experience to be able to be on a winning team, to be on a championship team, to play in the Rose Bowl, to win a Rose Bowl, to win a national championship. Uh, you know, our women's soccer team won the national championship uh, uh, this this last fall. Our, our men's water polo team competed for a national championship. Our women's water polo team is playing well. Track and field under Coach Gilbert is doing extraordinarily well. Our women's beach volleyball team has won back-to-back national championships, and, and they, they want to win the third. Our men's and women's golf team is ranked in the top five in the country, playing extraordinarily well. So we want them to have that winning experience because I think it helps them through life. And the third thing is, is to have a great college experience. Uh, you know, for, for student-athletes, there's a lot of work being on the team. Ben, thanks for your time, and, and the best of luck this season and all of your coming years at Southern Cal. Appreciate that. Thank you. Thanks, Lynn. Uh, that was Hall of Fame wide receiver Lynn Swan, now the USC Athletic Director. Up next, you'll hear why it's not always good to spend the first-round draft pick on a quarterback. You're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. This is Willie McGinnis, and you're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. 